Hello and welcome to Changes Revisited. My name is Annie. I hope your first week of the year has gone very well. This week we are revisiting two episodes about really important issues. Very different, but equally really important. And these episodes have had a lot of traction and have created a lot of conversations amongst the listeners to Changes. So we felt like it was really good to go back and revisit them. The first is with my husband, Tom, otherwise known as T. You may know him as Toddler T. He is a music producer um, and a previous DJ. He was a broadcaster on Radio 1 for many years. And this episode is, is about none of that. And it's all about his adult diagnosis of ADHD. It has been a hugely popular episode of Changes. The second revisit we're going to do is with Danila Komatovsky, a Ukrainian man who we spoke to at the beginning of last year when Russia invaded Ukraine. We spoke to Danila while he was in Ukraine, in hiding, uh, and he talked us through that first day of war when the bombs dropped on Kiev and that world-shattering change that war brought to his country. So two very different conversations for you today, one about ADHD, one about what it's like to live in a country where war breaks out. Let's kick off with T. So T was diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, a name which we very much discuss in this episode, about four years ago. We had been together 13 years when this conversation was recorded, but we'd never really sat and had it out and talked about how a diagnosis like this can affect a relationship. So it felt kind of like therapy, us two sitting down and having this conversation. And it was a chance for me to share to him what my experiences are like living with him. And obviously a chance for him to tell his story of the kind of journey he's been through with regards to his ADHD. He also has anxiety. Uh, He also is sober now and had issues with addiction. So, you know, there's a lot of kind of enmeshed things in amongst ADHD, which of course is very common. So we jump in to the conversation talking about a day in the life of Tom Bell (laughs) and how ADHD shows itself. Like for me, when I think of you, there's a permanent image in my head, which is of two cups of tea with some tea bags in them (laughs) and the water never poured. And to me, that symbolizes everything because it's like it's there's always a good intention Mm. behind something. Mm, mm, mm. But your mind doesn't allow you to follow through a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I always used to feel like shame and lazy about certain aspects of my life. It wasn't until I got the quote-unquote diagnosis. And the reason I keep saying quote-unquote is because I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the terms used for neurodiversity, as said. So that's why I say it like that anyway, as we move. Yeah, I just thought, oh, I'm lazy, or I can't do it, or I'm just a big kid, or, you know what I mean? But then when I clocked it, and I deeped it, and I researched it, I thought, rah, it's actually really hard for me to do basic stuff. Mm. And it's like there's a block in my mind when I go to do certain things. It goes, eh, eh, computer says no. Yeah. So I have the idea or the intention, but to follow it through is quite hard. And that's the thing with ADHD. I think it's like, it's you're right, it's an intention, but the actual proceedings is challenging. So that, you know, that happens a lot in my day from the minute I wake up, you know, like, you know, you tell me about the mornings, you're the outsider looking in, really, even though you're in the trench with me, like, you're not in my mind. So sometimes I can't see what is happening, you know? Yeah, so I always think of that Gabor Mate book about ADHD, which is called Scattered Minds. Brilliant um, book, everyone. Yeah, do go get it if you're curious. But um, 
like scattered mind is the absolute precise way to describe you in the morning <laughs> well first of all it's it's that last um symptom of inattentive adhd which is that that daydreaming one because you oh, get yeah. up in the morning and there's a long period where you literally just are not in the room you're somewhere else you're staring out the window and the thing probably one of the most common things i say to you is oi yeah back in the room come yeah, back yeah, to yeah, us yeah, come yeah, back yeah. to us constantly pulling you out from your daydreams back into the room yeah so there's that then <laughs> then there's the coffee and, and we have to contextualize the coffee because one of the other big parts of adhd in terms of what i see in you is um kind of impulsivity and like temporary obsessions you yeah have, you, obviously you have your hyper focus on music but then there's temporary obsessions right so mm. you get really into something buy everything for it, research go mad for it for about a week and then it's gone move on and that could be anything from a new jamaican street dance to <laughs> to a like one weird guy on youtube to the wi-fi router to what is currently the obsession which is coffee machines Te- <laughs> tea's water coffee machine that is literally like something you would buy from starbucks like uh, full barista yeah, yeah i'm a barista you know um so so you make your coffee and then after that it's the getting out of the house mm. so getting out of the house is absolute chaos no matter how organized you are i watch you getting more frustrated with yourself yeah and getting really angry but that's my day all day really and it's always has been you know mm. so it's just about realizing that's just how it is and what i can do to make it less mental. Yeah, and that's part of growing up, is you learning how to troubleshoot your own mind. Exactly. I don't see it at all as in any way affecting you because you've smashed it. You know what your brain work, how your brain works, and you, you're able to function really well with it, I would say. Would you? Yeah, I'm, I actually rate the ADHD in me. I think he's a G. Yeah. Because he's the one that gave me the hyperfocus. We need to talk about hyperfocus because that is my superpower. So that is in terms of a daily thing that how ADHD affects you, that you spend eight hours a day minimum hyperfocusing. Yeah, on? Music. Yeah, and I always have. And I only really realised when I got the diagnosis that that's what it was. Because people used to say to me like, oh my gosh, like you work so hard on music, you put in the work. I can't believe you did that so fast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't choose to. It just happens. Mm. My superpower is the ADHD in me. I, mm. I swear to you, man. So I give that thanks and a blessing mm. because that way overrides the negative side, which is obviously very annoying for someone like yourself. The losing stuff, the being out of the room, the not being able to read the kids' books as well as I want to. All these things are slightly annoying but I'm not on the quote-unquote spectrum far enough to it, for it to affect my life too negatively. Mm. That's another thing I think is important. Like any condition diagnosed, there's degrees in it. Of course. Some people really struggle mm. to do everything from driving to having a relationship to finding... Completing the, any sort of project yeah, and like work. Chaos. I think like my spectrum of it is like low to middle and... Mm. I actually think it's a pretty wicked tool to have, even though it's called a disorder. But then again, I think it's really important to discuss its relationship with other quote-unquote mental health conditions because they're all cousins, they're all bedrooms, they're all family. Anxiety, OCD, depression, ADHD, they're just tags, but they're all a sort of whirlwind and potion of conditions. Mm. And they all bounce off each other. So, for example, ADHD 
if you're a sufferer of that, you probably higher chance of suffering from anxiety, which is me. Mm. I have also a diagnosis an anxiety disorder, which isn't cool. Mm. Like I'm cool, you know me, like I float around, but when I dip into my anxious state, it can be crippling mm. and ain't nothing positive about that. Yeah. Do you get it? But when the ADHD is around, it's not that deep. Yeah. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Talking about our relationship, and, and again, this is something that I did some research on, it's just like living with people with ADHD. And, and I remember sending you a screenshot of something I found on a website and just being like, oh my God, this is us. Yeah, right. So... So much of my impression of you in our relationship was based on the wrong things in the same way as your impressions of yourself at school, your teacher's impressions of you at school or yeah. whatever. I thought that there was lots of things that in our relationship that made you at times lazy, yeah. well-intentioned, but just couldn't be arsed yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, proper. Or just, Which, don't get me wrong, I'm a human, so there's times yeah. when that is, of course, the case, right? Yeah, but it, when it's constant. Yeah. So we find out that you had the thing with ADHD. So I found this website. I'm going to get you to read your bit and me to read mine, okay? All right, which so is... So if you're the person with ADHD, this is what happens if you're the person with ADHD in the relationship. I might get bored off waiting, I'm <laughs> You may feel like you're constantly being criticized, nagged, and micromanaged. No matter what you do, nothing seems to please your spouse or partner. You don't feel respected as an adult, and you find yourself avoiding your partner or saying whatever you have to do to keep them off your back. Yeah, I mean, you you could say that for a lot of relationships, for sure, right? You wish your significant other could relax even a little bit and stop trying to control every aspect of your life. Most, (laughs) most, most used, this is to me, are A, relax, and B, you're a control freak. Basically, yeah, Mm. especially when it gets heated. Uh, you wonder what happened to the person you fell in love with. Jeez, deepest. that's a bit strong. That's okay, bit so deep. I'm the next that's one. That's a bit deeper. I was. I've always been. You don't that wonder person. what's happened to the person. You I've fell always been that one. If anything, I've chilled out. Okay, then my one is just bearing my teeth. Just picked up his phone there. Literally, I wanted Put to shut it a down. Cool. So, if you're in a relationship with someone who has ADHD, you may feel lonely, ignored, and unappreciated. You're tired of taking care of everything on your own and being the only responsible party in the relationship. You don't feel like you can rely on your partner. They never seem to follow through on promises and you're forced to constantly issue reminders and demands or else just do things yourself. Sometimes it feels as if your partner just doesn't care. So when I read that, I was like, what because that's all very extreme but there's a lot of that that applies directly to us uh, or did pre-diagnosis where it was I was like why can't you remember my birthday (laughs) still T does not know what date my birthday is on and we've been together since 2009 Mm. and initially I was like that's just that's just carelessness Mm. like if you really tried to remember that you'd remember it you know what one of the things that bun me and it still buns me is I can't remember our second child's birthday 
I can't remember it. I know it's January the something or something, and yeah. I still can't get it. The only reason I remember my first is because it's on my ring on my hand. Yeah. And that buns me because I, I I I want I rate one of, but I just can't do it. Yeah. And it's to do with that neuropath yeah. in my brain. Yeah. But that's why my diary's like essential. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, I put things in my life that are really like kind of necessary just to basically not mess up. Mm. One of them is stuff like that, like hardcore diary. One is like, I've got these things called tiles, which are little things that are attached to my keys, phone, wallet, which if when I lose, which is 25 times a day, yeah. I press a button, it shows me where it is. It's constant. Yeah. I have little things like that because mm. my brain, unfortunately, is not having it. So I just use tools around me and that has become like a big thing for me. Yeah. Moving forward after getting my diagnosis is tools. Mm. And moving forwards for me as your partner, it's kind of trying to un be more understanding yeah. and recognize and be able to remove the symptoms of your atypical brain yeah. with the actual day-to-day -day behaviors that you have in the house, yeah. which is those two cups of tea with the tea bags and never poured tea. <laughs> this is a great classic tea. I'm going to clear out my wardrobe today. All the, all the clothes come out and just stay on the middle of the floor. So it's, <laughs> I'm 36, it, you know. It's that. It's yeah. that. And the, but it's also, it's been such a relief for me because yeah. I've, I, I remember, and I have said this so often to you, I don't want to be this person that's a nag. Yeah. And I don't want to be labelled as that because that's not who I am. Yeah. But being in this relationship with you kind of makes that happen sometimes. So mm. now that I can be way more understanding of how we relate to each other mm. in terms of how your brain works and how my brain works, it's just helped so much. Yeah, hundred. It's it's knowledge in it is is the key. It's empathy. It's understanding. Yeah. It's tools. It's just clocking it and working with it. Yep, we all need more empathy, uh, especially in a relationship. And yeah, that diagnosis for me was incredibly helpful in understanding how tea works and being able to forgive him <laughs> more easily with the socks and the clothes all over the floor and the kind of general chaos that surrounds him a lot of the time in the house. If you have ADHD or know someone who does or might do, then this conversation, I hope, will be really helpful. As I mentioned, tea talks about so much more, so do go and listen back to the full ep. Interesting that since we had this conversation, Gabor Mate, who we mentioned here, has been on Changes, another incredibly popular episode about healing yourself from trauma and changing your health. You can go back and listen to that again as well, if you fancy it. 2022 will forever be known as the year where war broke out between Russia and Ukraine and the ripple effect of that war affected all of us. The second guest we're revisiting today is a man who was right in the epicentre of that war, who's living in Ukraine with his wife and his son, where on that first day that bombs were dropped in Kiev, everything changed for him. Danila Komatovsky is a voice artist and co-founder of a Ukrainian radio station called Aristocrats. He spoke to us whilst hiding in a wooden cabin he had escaped to after sending his wife and his son over the border into Poland. In this cabin he had a fire, he had some wood to keep him warm and he was understandably really emotional. It was a very raw conversation recorded just two weeks after Russia started the war. We learned a lot about Danila's life before the invasion and it's very interesting to revisit the episode 10 months later. We're going to enter the conversation where Danila describes that fatal day on 24th of February 2022 when everything changed. It was uh, 5.20 
I I remember it in the morning. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, I woke up because of huge explosions, big missiles that, mm. and you can hear those sounds. You know, you. I work with sound. I I my ears mm. is used to hear some sounds, but I'll never forget this sound. It's horrible. It's like everything is falling apart and uh, even if the explosion is a few kilometers from you you hear it very very good yeah. <laughs> after that even when i fire the wood in uh, here when the wood is cracking you know yeah <laughs> i just like yeah of a little bit it's it's terrible it was four explosions and uh, i was shocked and uh, at first i didn't understand what is going on because it was morning and I so there was no siren to warn it was no. complete surprise yes got you when the fourth explosion gone i understood that it's a war actually it's a war and we are under attack i said we should go and your wife agreed yes because um mm. when uh, there were f- first news about the escalation on the border of Ukraine, uh, I mean, in in, uh, in spring of 2021. She said, yeah. the Putin is crazy and he, want, he wants revenge for the Maidan and for, for Ukrainian freedom and uh, democracy because we are the threat of his regime. And mm. it will be a massacre. It will be bloodshed here because he wants to show us that he is strong and, uh, you know, and she said it. And I, I thought, no, it's Europe. It's the heart of Europe. He, people can't do in the 2022 such a thing. It's mm. nonsense. How how can he just blow up the city? It's it's impossible. But when I, I heard the sounds and I understood that it's war and we're under attack, actually, I didn't really go deep analysis. It was mm. just the instinct to save our lives and save my son. And yes, we get those bags uh, and go to parking to get our car and uh, went as fast as we can to to our cabin. Was there other people doing the same? Yes, yes, already. It was a traffic jams a little bit, but uh, n- nobody actually see the traffic lights. They just drive as fast as they can and uh, a few hours later the traffic is fully jammed and stopped we managed to be one of the first and actually the first wave of uh, the flea and Danila what did you say to your son at this point in the car we talked to him before and uh, uh, we said that it might be a war it might be a situation when we have to evacuate and uh, it might be the situation that we have to go yeah uh, but uh, the biggest problem that he uh, he don't want to go because he has so many things that he loved like toys, toys and, and yeah. games yeah yeah and he was crying that uh, we uh, never can be back. (sighs) 
So you make the drive. How many hours is that drive then? It was about um, six hours to cover 250 miles. What do you remember about that drive? How did it feel? Um, it was scary. It was like you expect anything from anywhere. We decided to drive not by the big roads and use the small village roads. Okay. We met some uh, outposts of uh, Ukrainian uh, militaries. Uh, we were checked a few times. It was the strong feeling that you can expect anything at any moment. Airstrike or, you know, tanks or some military yeah. machines. Uh, we saw actually some of them, uh, but we also saw the the lines of people who is standing in the small uh, villages to became uh, soldiers. Right. Yeah. At some point, I understood that the Ukraine is fighting, and uh, it was a good uh, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So you found this house, your wife's family's yes. house. And how long did you all stay in there together for? Two days. Uh, okay. And uh, during our um, road to this house, I I uh, called to my friends and uh, everybody I know uh, with families, with children, and I invite them to this place uh, to be in safe. And one of my friends agreed to come. Uh, the husband, the wife, and the son. Uh, it's my schoolmate. We came here in the evening, and they came uh, in the night. Uh, we were here about uh, two days, I think, yes. After that, the situation here on the ground was worsening. They, I mean, Russians began to bombing the cities. Together with my friend, uh, we decided to move our families uh, abroad to ensure the lives and health of, of my wife and son. Mm. Um, now I think it's it was a good decision, uh, but it was so hard on the border. I didn't expect that it will be so hard. So the next day you all drove to the border? You drove your wife and son there? Yes, we took two cars and uh, drove to the Moldova border. It's about... Uh, two and a half hours driving. Okay. Yeah. But we drive about four hours because there were many blog posts. Yeah. Uh, so we came to the border. It was already night. It was uh, 9 p.m. It was not really a huge line, but we have to wait about an uh, hour and a half to get to the border. Um children were crying all over the place and it was horrible because you know when uh, you're just staying in line and waiting for your turn it's maybe you can do something you can speak to my wife or to the son you can do something but when yeah. uh, the children are crying and it's uh, making the darkness even more dark so yeah. after the hour and a half in this line it it came the moment that when i have to go because i gave this car to my wife son and the wife and the son of my friend and right. uh, go to the car of my friend to go back 
and uh, it was the most uh, dramatic moment in my life. I've never experienced anything like that to separate with my family in, the, in these circumstances. And um, my son was crying. Uh, he understood that what is going on, and uh, uh, I was firm actually, but in in the deep, it was very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you say you are firm, yeah, I, I. What did you I say? I mean, I said it's okay. It's gonna be okay. We we gonna meet soon, and this war is gonna end. We gonna win, and uh, in a few days or weeks, we gonna be united and. Uh, we mm. can go fishing and uh, do everything we planned. Like that. Yeah. That was Danila Komatovsky. And it gives me great pleasure to be able to tell you that Danila has been reunited with his family. They came back to Kiev. And the last time I spoke to him actually was the start of December when Kiev was in total blackout. Um, if you've been following the news, you will have seen that. Um, he said, I never thought I will see European capital in total blackout. This is so massive and powerful feeling. I live high enough to see downtown and it's black. It's like inside a zombie movie. Thinking of Danila after this conversation. And um, yeah, do please go back and listen to that full episode. Obviously, we'll put the link in the episode notes. Okay, that's it for this Changes Revisited. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the past four episodes of Changes Revisited. We will be back next week with a brand new series of changes. Please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And please give us a rating and review. It's always so appreciated and helpful for changes. Thank you so, so much. We'll see you next week. We're going again. Thank you.